What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to the Fantasy Alarm Two Minute Drill NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. I am James Grande, joined by Dan. Actually, Dan Malin uh, went and watched his Patriots whip. Oh. Uh, Patriots took a fat L yesterday. Dan, shout out. Hope you're doing okay. Um, but joining today's pod is none other than uh, the two-time NASCAR Writer of the Year, the Tools Master, the baseball uh, savant, the uh, table guru, none other than Matt Sells. Matt, what is going on, brother? Oh, I'm good. I like how NFL never cracked the uh, the list there for what I'm good at, and we're sitting oh, here on an NFL not, podcast. Not, not, not true. Table guru, uh, uh, NFL, 16 stats every week, every team that you need. 33. Thank you very 33. Much. I, I was doing 16 times two plus one. Um, there, there's a lot of stats. Let's just there's a lot of stats. Matt Sells brings it to every single week in the game previews. Is that better? Yeah, that better. Okay, thank you. Um, oh, you're welcome. Rather, um, Matt, what's going on though, brother? How was your week 16? Uh, it was good. Uh, I'm really hoping that my team didn't just use up all of their good uh, <laughs> mojo for week 16 in the semifinals because uh, they put a whooping on my opponent. I feel sorry for him. Uh, but yeah, I could have. Let's put it this way: I could have done without. The 46 points I got from Joe Burrow and still won by two points. That's a pretty good week. Yeah. Um, and that includes the negative two points from the Patriots defense. Um, but that's fine. I was really holding them for their opponent this coming week, which is Jacksonville. Uh, so without James Robinson, it appears. Uh, so, yeah, I'm doing pretty well making the uh, the championship. I get to play a guy for the third time this season now to win the title. It's the commissioner. And I'm a little nervous because this team is kind of stacked. Kind of stacked. Don't uh, be nervous. Don't be nervous. Well, he's got Devontae and Justin Jefferson at wide receiver. Okay, be a little nervous. And I'm pretty sure somehow he wound up with uh, a guy who's now a, an RB1. I can't remember which one it is, but, yeah, he's a uh, – he's fairly loaded there, so I'm, I'm a little concerned. All right, be a little more nervous. Devontae Adams and Justin Jefferson at the top of the list. Uh, for sure, uh, a little nerve-wracking. But, Matt, let's get into things. Let's look at how Week uh, 16 fared uh, with some winners, with some losers. Um, who is your Week 16 winner? It could be player, team, coach, whoever. So there's kind of a lot to choose from here um but i'm gonna have to go with uh this is gonna sound a little odd to be a winner but i'm gonna go with patty mahomes okay who everybody freaked out because tyreek hill hadn't practiced all week and he had just gotten off the COVID list and of course travis kelsey didn't get off the COVID list and you know facing a steelers defense that yes they haven't stopped the run very well but they still have joe hayden and minka fitzpatrick back there in the in the uh, secondary. So what did Mahomes do? Oh, he went out and just lit up the Steelers. Through to nine different guys in the first quarter. Tyreek Hill was fifth on the receptions <laughs> list for the Chiefs. So anybody that thinks it's just Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, they got some if it's the old adage that used to be in place with Peyton Manning. As long as you have hands on that offense, you're going to be a target. <laughs> right? Um 
So I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes because he's rounding into form at the exact right time here. There's been question marks about the Chiefs' offense through the second half of the year. I'm not sure those questions can really persist at this point. They're pretty well showing you it doesn't really matter who's lining up on the other side. They're going to find a way to beat them. And one little other tidbit. In 2019, the Titans beat the Chiefs in Week 6, and the Chiefs went on to win 13 straight games, including the Super Bowl. The Titans beat the Chiefs this year. I believe it was Week 8. If the Chiefs' winning streak continues, winning their 13th straight game would mean they win the Super Bowl after losing to the Titans. So we got a little bit of deja vu going on here. Maybe they should just lose to the Titans every year. That's <laughs> well, the that's up to the NFL scheduler. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's a good one. I do think that it has shown true that it is hard to be fantasy, be fantasy relevant um, when Kelsey and Mah- or when Kelsey and Tyreek are both healthy. But if one's out, you know, Mahomes definitely spreads it out and um, can definitely get the other guys involved. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm going to stay at the quarterback position, and I'm going to go with the chalk answer here. I'm going to go with Cool Joe Burrow, who, you know, I mean, look, he threw for 500 yards. Yeah, fifth most passing yards in a game in NFL history. Threw four touchdowns, didn't turn the ball over, um, really could do no wrong. Now, granted, Baltimore's secondary is depleted, absolutely horrible, depleted. They have nobody. Um, I get that. You still have to go out there and play the game. Um, and play the game he did, video game-like numbers for Joe Burrow, who um, has been good, bad, good, bad, good, bad all year. Um, We see the talent. We know the talent's there, um, and it was all on display uh, in Week 16, uh, heading into your Fantasy Championship Week. Matt, what about some losers? Um, Who who do we got in in your loser category here? Um... Can I just go with a whole team? And I'm sorry, yeah. Edward Rouse, but it's the Chargers. Yep. I mean, come on. Yep. If there's ever a story about a team playing down or up to their competition, it's clearly oh, the Chargers. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. They take the Chiefs to overtime last week. And then obviously Kelsey comes up with the 30-something yard touchdown to end it, and everybody's complaining that Herbert didn't get a whatever. Rules are the rules. Stop the – just stop the Chiefs. Um But then they come into Houston in a gimme game, in a game they had to have to stay in control of their own destiny in the muddled AFC playoff picture, and laid a fat egg, like, so bad. And I know they didn't have Austin Eckler, but that shouldn't stop them uh, from completely just sucking the entire game. Justin Jackson did have a good fantasy game, picked him up on the waiver wire put up like 30 points in a half PPR format. But come on, you cannot let the Houston Texans and Davis Mills do that to you at this point in the season. You you just can't do it. So I was going to go with with Jay Herb uh, as my as my fan, as my loser here. Um and it's not that he didn't throw for 330 yards cuz he did. It's not like he didn't score, he did. Um but he had two touchdowns poached by Justin Jackson on the ground. He threw two picks. Um, and this is a guy that was vying for the overall QB1, a guy that carried a lot of fantasy rosters um, throughout the year. Plus, a lot of that yardage came in garbage time. I mean, 
they were down 41-22, and they got a cheap touchdown late in the game. So, um, you know, stinks. It, it really does stink, especially if you're a Justin Herbert owner today. Um, a guy who can provide you fantasy points on the ground as well didn't do that either. Uh, it was just a it was a tough performance on, from a guy that we relied upon heavily all year. I, me firsthand. Um, I was in contention in the Razzle to make it to the final week um, after a top 10 finish last year. I'm hoping to re- I was hoping to repeat. I am currently on the outside looking into week uh, to week uh, 17 with one player to go this evening. We are recording here in the middle of the day on Monday. Um, I have Marquez Callaway to go. I'm down, uh, I think, nine points chasing the guy in front of me to make the Razzle final, the wild card tier. Um, so we'll see what happens. But um, I, in a in a six point, that was a, it's a six point touchdown leak. I'm obviously expecting more from Justin Herbert, but one touchdown, two picks is not going to get it done. Um, so both you and I are kind of on the uh, on the same uh, side of the fence there. Now I figured we'd do a little fun uh, waiver wire ish segment matt and i named it uh in our notes here week 17 championship winners or tv dinners and i know some people probably will argue that tv dinners could be good at times um but like also like you know they're kind of not yeah they're kind of not like nobody really wants a tv dinner Um, like i get one when i absolutely can't step away from my desk right and i just need food before passing out on my keyboard right (laughs) I'm I'm envisioning that now, and uh, I'm sure it's happened once or twice. Um, oh, I've so, woken up with imprints on my forehead before. Yes, some kid with the, the with the kids' cuisine uh, imprint right on your forehead. No, right? I mean like the keyboard, key, like an no, the keyboard like, okay. smack in the middle of my forehead. Okay, we, so you probably like a, the Y or like the U. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so we're gonna we're gonna go through the list of guys I got for you, um, and you're gonna you're gonna deem them championship winners. Or a TV dinner, all right? Okay. First on our list, and it comes from up north, up there in New York, the only team technically playing their home games in New York, uh, and we're going to head to Buffalo, where Isaiah McKenzie had himself a ball game. Uh, 11 receptions on 12 targets, 125 yards, and a tutty. Uh, is could Depending on how their COVID situation plays out and depends on who's in, who's, in, who's out, can Isaiah McKenzie be a championship winner, or is he a TV dinner? So, like you said, it's going to depend on who's in, who's out, right? Because Cole Beasley and Gabe Davis were both out for the Bills on Sunday against the Patriots. And I believe and both are unvaccinated. If my, my We know Cole Beasley is. I don't remember if uh, Gabe Davis is or not, which means Cole Beasley will certainly be out, because I think the new rule is, what, two games? They changed the rules so much. I because I think Mike Williams is also unvaccinated and he's going to be out for two games. I think is what I saw the report said, but don't quote me on that. We got to double check because again the rules have changed like four times in the last week. Um, so if Isaiah McKenzie is essentially the third receiving option behind Diggs and Manny Sanders, um. It's possible, I guess, but this could also just be a fluke in the pan that the Patriots had no idea that they were going to have to, <laughs> you know, cover this guy because this guy's never done any of this in his entire career. This was easily a career day. 
Um, and so I would say let's hold the phone on Isaiah McKenzie. I don't see him. He's certainly not going to have another double-digit catch day, let alone target day. Um, so we're going to hold the phone on uh, Isaiah McKenzie. I'm not – I can't fully call him a TV dinner because it doesn't <laughs> – again, if if those two dudes are out, he's got room for for volume. So he's a frozen pizza. Yeah. He's a frozen pizza, like solid. I like that. I like that. Okay. Um, number two. Also, I'm looking and it says uh, unvaccinated players must miss 10 days. So I guess we'll see uh, where that puts – and that's if they test negative, right? That's 10 days if they test negative. So we'll see. Right, and we don't remember – I don't remember exactly when they tested negative because it wasn't, like, Saturday. It was, like, early in the week. So we'll see. We'll see, we'll see um, with – let's see how where Buffalo – I would like to first see where who Buffalo plays. They play the second. So it's Sunday? So they play yeah. on Sunday. So we'll see. They play the Falcons Sunday 1 p.m. We'll see what goes on. That's but a tasty matchup. If it, is a good, it is a good matchup. Um, number two here on our list, Matt. Rex Burkhead, running back for the Houston Texans, coming off 22 carries, 149 yards and two scores. And for someone who has been very good in the past at catching passes, only two targets. But, Matt Sells, is Rex Burkhead a potential championship winner or is he a TV dinner? I think he's more of a TV dinner, in my opinion. Uh, He took advantage of a situation, right? Uh, David Johnson was out for them, so that freed up carries. As muddled as that backfield is, that left Rex Burkhead as the unquestioned number one option. And let's not forget that the Chargers' rush defense has been terrible all season. Horrible. They've been the worst rush defense all year. So it was a combination of those two things. And let's also not forget, the Texans got up huge on the Chargers. So they were just trying to run the clock out because um, 41-22, that's what you do. You just run the ball. So um, I'm going to say he's more of a TV dinner, in my opinion. Let's go on to another running back and another backfield because I tend to agree with the Rex Burkhead decision. Um, you know, let's not forget there was also another running back in that in that backfield um, in Royce Freeman, who got 12 carries. So uh, next week, if Johnson remains out, could be Royce Freeman getting all the volume, but we'll, you know, old, old Rex Burkhead's uh, legs there might not, uh, you know, he's coming off an Achilles injury. Good for him to, to have this game, but, um, you know, players are never the same after their Achilles tear. We'll see how uh, his long Akers would like to beg to differ. Well, Cam Akers is obviously a different breed of human. Uh, he is a he's freak of nature. five months after an Achilles. It is not even real. Um, Let's go on to the Jacksonville backfield because you alluded to the James Robinson news. He has a torn ACL. Um, we saw Dari Ogmanwale uh, shoulder load after Robinson's exit. 17 carries, 50, 57 yards, a touchdown. And like Jacksonville's running backs all year, involved in the passing game. Four targets, two receptions. Um, so, Matt, Dari Ogmanwale, is he a championship winner or a TV dinner? I'm going to say he's also a TV dinner because this is another combination of a couple of things happening, right? James Robinson got injured early in that game, mm-hmm. like first quarter, like mid yep. first quarter early. Yep. And I think it's an Achilles. If- no, I think he tore his, I'm, I'm pretty sure he tore his, I thought he tore his ACL. Uh, oh, it is a torn Achilles. Okay. You're right. Yes. So, so, torn Achilles. so that guy's done for 
Probably through next, I mean, possibly most of next year as well. Yeah. So, a couple things. One, that led to the uptick in carries for Ogumba Wale. Ogumba Wale, my my apologies on their... Two, the Jets' rush defense is terrible. The three worst rush defenses in the league right now are the Chargers, Steelers, and Jets. Okay, so there was clearly running room available for uh, the Jacksonville backs, which is why James Robinson was so hyped going into the game. Right. And two, in terms of targets, uh, LaVisca Chenault was not on the field this week. So if he's back next week, the targets go away. Also, who do they play next week? I alluded to it in the beginning. They play the Patriots. <laughs> not a great matchup if you're going to try to run the ball. Um, and I'm sure that the Patriots are going to make Trevor Lawrence try to beat them, and we all know what Belichick does to rookie quarterbacks. So, right. no, he's not an option for me going into Week 17. I think I I agree with everything except the LaVisca point um, removing targets uh, because, you know, we've seen Robinson all year involved in the passing game. I think just the way that Urban Meyer set up his offense, and obviously he's not there, but – you know, you get fired after week 13, there's not going to be a new offensive imp- offense implemented. Um, that's true, but also Dan Arnold wasn't on the field either. It's fair. And he might um, be back next week, too. Fair. Fair point. Um, I just think that they're, especially the way Belichick is going to game plan, I think the running backs ha- awesome. already involved are going to just, it's just going to be one of those things like he's taking down, he's taking the downfield receivers out. He's going to have – Lawrence is not afraid to check it down pretty much is what I'm saying. So, Yeah, I guess it's, if you want cheap PPR points for a guy who's about to get 12 targets. It could be a full point. It could be a situation where you're only doing it in full PPR. Um, right, simply for the target volume on checkdowns. But simply for the – simply for that. Right. Um, if let's, you're that desperate in Week 17, you've miraculously made your championship. Hey, up. man, I, I saw – I've seen some disgusting lineups make championships. Oh, yeah. And it's and – it's, hey, if you were without Travis Kelsey, if you were without a bunch of guys on the COVID protocol, Mike Williams. I mean, there's a bunch of names on the list that, like, you just didn't really have any choice, right? Mm-hmm. So um, we're, we're digging deep in the barrel, but we kind of have to because, again, we don't know what this – we don't know what's gonna this week is gonna give us. We could get another fifteen high profile names that are out on COVID, and you know all these names maybe that were TV dinners may become championship winners here, Matt. Um, two more for you, uh, Nico Collins, receiver in Houston. I know second Houston player. Like who the hell wants to play Houston? But um, Brandon Cooks is out again. Not entirely sure on like the status of Brandon Cooks moving forward, but Nico Collins. Um, has clearly built a good rapport with Davis Mills. Um, he's had his best games in two of the last three. He's had at least four targets in all three of these games. Um, three games ago, he had 10 targets in the return of Davis Mills to the lineup, and now they've won two of three. Is Nico Collins a potential championship winner, or is he at TV dinner? I'm going to call him a frozen pizza. Frozen pizza. I like that. Right. I like so the he's frozen. getting a decent amount of targets. Davis Mills has been better in the last three, four games. Right. Uh, as ugly as that sounds. He has, though. He has, he has been, been a good. He's got a he couple of respect- games. Mm-hmm. Um, now that they've actually, like, let him throw the ball, because earlier right. in the year when he came in, they were it was like check down Charlie and hand yep. off City. Um, right. And, I mean, he's gotten into – Nico Collins has gotten into the end zone a couple of times. So you can't – you know, completely overlook what they're doing. 
as muddled as that backfield is, they're still going to want to pass the ball at this point and see what they've got in Davis Mills because the assumption is they're still getting rid of Deshaun Watson right. at the yep. end of the year. Tyrod Taylor is not a long-term solution. Um, so, yeah, I'd call him a frozen pizza. Look, if you <laughs> need a third wide receiver or a desperate flex option, could be worse options than Nico Collins. Let's stay at the wide receiver position for our last one of the day. And it's uh, we're headed to the Jets. I know, bad teams galore here. Um, but it is worth mentioning, Braxton Berrios, his third straight game in PPR formats that he has scored double figures. We know the Jets' receiving corpse is depleted. We know they're de- they're decimated by COVID. Um, the Jets have had a very tough run at things recently. But Braxton Berrios, as I mentioned, five five receptions and six targets, 37 yards, and a touchdown, thanks to his kick-returning ability. Um, last week, he flashed another ability, and that was rushing the football, scored a touchdown. Three weeks ago, 10 targets, six receptions, 52 yards. Uh, Braxton Berrios, championship winner or TV dinner? He's closer to a championship winner than a frozen pizza. I mean, it is the Jets, and that's gross, even though that's my team, but it is what it is. Um, Yeah, man, especially in Yahoo, where you default get return yards for wide receivers Mm -hmm. in in Yahoo leagues. I mean, that 103-yard kick return. Hell yeah. Or basically 16 points by itself, right? Um, And in DFS... You also get credit for, at least on DraftKings, you get credit for that kick return touchdown. You don't get credit for the yards, but you do right. get six points for the touchdown. Yep. Uh, and he's rushing the ball, so he's kind of like the Jets equivalent to, now this is going to sound terrible, Debo Samuel. Oh, right? God. He's not Debo Samuel, but he is the Jets equivalent. To, how about Cordero Patterson before? Yeah, the CPAT. Right? We'll, we'll call CPAT of, like, old. Yes, right, where he may or may not get targets or rushing yeah. or whatever. But, like... Yeah. Yep. He's going to get the volume because who else is getting it for the Jets? Right. right? Corey Davis on IR, not there. Uh, don't know the status on Jamison Crowder going forward because I'm pretty sure he was COVID, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and look, they're letting Zach Wilson throw the ball more because yep. they have to, because they have to see what this guy can do um, in a loss season and let him build up his rapport with his receivers. So... Yeah, I, I mean, again, if you're in a desperate situation for a wide receiver three or a flex, Braxton Berrios, I'd probably go him over Nico Collins. But yeah. I, I probably would too. I, I probably would too. Um, let's wrap it up with a little fun uh, look ahead, Matt. Here and look ahead at 2022, and I just want to we'll we'll both just kind of give our takes here, but I want to look at who we think is the first player at each skill position taken off the board in fantasy drafts in 2022. So, without further ado, we will start at the quarterback position. And I'll, I'll go first here. Because um, I think, we, based on our conversation prior, I'm not sure if we're, we're seeing eye-to-eye on this one. Um, I'm going to go Josh Allen. And he's my first quarterback off the board. And I think there's a couple ways you could go. As of recording... Week 16, um, Josh Allen is the QB1 overall. Last year, he was also the QB1 overall. Um, I'm having a very hard time t- not taking the two-time reigning, defending, 
QB1 overall, when he's still in the middle of his, even if he's in his prime, if we even, do we even know if he's in his prime? Um, he has plenty of weapons everywhere. Buffalo is surrounding him with everything he needs, good offensive line, um, running backs can catch the ball, uh, an emerging tight end. I'm just, I, I'm going to go Josh Allen, and I think it might be chalky. I think you could, there's a, a couple of routes you can go, but as of right now, QB1, back-to-back years, no reason not to to go that route for 2022. Yeah, it's pretty hard to argue against. Um, so who are you arguing against through. with? Uh, I don't know if this is coming through, but my cat is snoring in the background. So if you hear some odd snoring noises, that's my cat. Um, I'm going to argue against it with the guy who you just said was the fantasy loser for you this week. And I want to go Justin Herbert. Because Guy's been improving every year in the league, right? He had a phenomenal rookie season. This year he's backed it up with a very good campaign, uh, despite the bomb he laid against Houston Um, but third year is when you really see these quarterbacks really start to shine and at this point I think it's fair to say that Justin Herbert is definitely the best quarterback of that draft class don't even think it's close he's got an an abundance of weapons guys we haven't even seen hit their full uh stride yet like Jalen Guyton is a guy who's just kind of tossed out there right now Josh Palmer Josh Palmer scored yesterday yep. scored yesterday he's you know up and coming they have the run game there that I don't think Buffalo fully has because they've got Austin Eckler they've got Josh Kelly they've got Justin Jackson um and so yes Mike Williams has been hit and miss but there's been a ton of other guys he can go against and Let's also take weather into account. The Chargers play in nice weather most <laughs> of the time. Buffalo does play in the Northeast. And we've seen the Bills' offense have to be on Josh Allen's back, and if he doesn't show up, it's not a good fantasy day for anybody. So while it's hard to argue against Josh Allen, I will go Herbert. And Herbert has been known to run a little bit, not as much as Josh Allen, but a little bit. Uh, I will go with um, Justin Herbert. So I think we're uh, pretty much on... Uh, and the only reason it's not Aaron Rodgers for me is because we don't know where he's going to be. True. And um, you don't know if Devontae Adams is going to be in Green Bay either because he's a free agent at the end of the year. So those two things, if it's Rodgers and Adams, hard to argue against that. But you don't know if it's Rodgers in Green Bay with Adams and whatnot. Uh, to your Herbert point, current QB2. So I think you're on to something there uh, with Jay Herb. Over at the running back position, this is easy. I think this is the easiest one on the board. Uh, it's jo- I, it's Jonathan Taylor, right? One, two, three, Jonathan Taylor. Like, it's just he has the best yeah, offensive lineman in, like, league history. He has one of the best offensive lines in the league. And Frank Reich is finally figuring out, like, hmm, 15, 15 carries is probably not enough for this guy, huh? And they were, and all his offensive coaches were probably like, yeah. Maybe yeah, we my get him. only my only argument against that is the guy that everybody comps him to, and that's Derrick Henry. Because if Derrick Henry had stayed healthy, which by the way, this is the first time he's been injured like in his entire NFL Correct. career. Correct. If and he also played an entire game with a broken foot and still had a True. pretty good stat line. True. If Derrick Henry stayed healthy, Jonathan Taylor is not catching Derrick Henry for yardage or touchdowns or RB one status this year. Mm. He's not because he's not. Derrick Henry put up what. I mean, look at what 
the Titans' rushing offense is done without Derrick Henry, <laughs> right? Hilliard and Foreman have combined to be Derrick Henry version 2.0. So I will still slightly go Derrick Henry because he'll be healthy and he's going to get the volume and the dude is a beast and nobody wants to tackle him in the second part of games, let alone the second part of seasons. Uh, so I will still go Derrick Henry. I know the pass catching isn't there. Whoop de doo when you're putting it was up improved. That it was improved. Yeah. And when you're putting up that many yards, I don't really care about pass catching. It was improved. He, look, whether or not people want to believe it, in seven games, Derrick Henry had more targets than he had in his mm-hmm. career. So also in seven games, Derrick Henry currently listed as RB seventeen. Uh, so shout and out. The guy to hasn't Jeff. played in six weeks. Yep. So eight. shout out to. I think you just shorted him. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. He hasn't played in eight games. In eight games, half a season. Dude is still RB seventeen, which by the right. way puts him as an RB two on your roster. RB two. Yep. Um, shout out Derek Henry. Okay. Um, that's a good one. I like that. It also <laughs> took three weeks for Jonathan Taylor to catch Derek Henry many yards. Yeah. yeah. And Derek Henry hadn't played. <laughs> it's pretty good. Pretty, pretty had a was having a pretty good year, I'd say. Um, over at the wide receiver position, there's probably three routes you can go. I think one would be to take Cooper Cup, the other would be go Devonte Adams, and I think the third option is probably the contrarian one. But we saw him in the first round this year, and that's Tyreek Hill. Um, I'm probably gonna say Cooper Cup. Um, Knowing that Matt Stafford is his quarterback next year, um, you and I took a look at that. We took the took a look at the the Stafford contract situation just to make sure um, that we weren't going to get Jared Goff back <laughs> next year. Um, but I mean, the, their rapport is just undeniably great, and it's been undeniably great even with the emergence of Van Jefferson, even with the um, trade of Odell trade for Odell Beckham. So. I have a hard time going against Cooper Cup, but I do think the and other even two, when Robert Woods was healthy and on the field, even when Robert Woods was healthy, and and we're gonna get Woods back next year. Right. That's I guess that's the one drawback, right? It's like you look at the other two, right? I, I nobody can see you shrugging your shoulders, but I can. So like Matt just shrugged his shoulders, like who cares? I agree, and that's why I'm taking him. But if Adam stays in Green Bay and they don't get him help, which they never do, you know, they haven't gotten Rodgers help in years. Uh, if the Chiefs don't, if the Chiefs Chiefs remain, you know, everything remains status quo there, Hill and Kelsey, right? With Kelsey being a year older into his 30s. So just a thought, but it seems like you're on board with me, Cooper Cup, first receiver taken off the board next year. I think it's going to be a chalk pick. It's really hard to argue against considering the fact he led the team in targets even when Robert Woods was on the field. Right. He's having I mean halfway through the season he'd already put up an entire season worth of he was the number one scoring player regardless of position through week eight. Right. Think about that. We just said Derrick Henry was the best running back through week eight and still is RB seventeen and he hasn't played in eight weeks. Cooper Cup was the best player period regardless of position, including quarterbacks through week eight and it wasn't even close. He was like thirty points ahead of everybody else. So, yeah, I'll agree with you here that it's going to be Cooper Cup. I think a sneaky pick is Justin Jefferson. That could be a very, very good one. And we know how much the fantasy industry loves him. Uh, Definitely could be 
Now, now the I agree, but the the question is, I guess, the first player taken off the board, not like a not like who we think is could be the best receiver. Right. No, I, I don't. Think- I don't think he gets drafted ahead of like Adams or Cup. I think he could go ahead of Hill, but I don't think if if Adams is in Green Bay, Stafford and Cup are still well. Hold on, the- if Adams is in Green Bay with Rodgers, because right. if it's Adams in Green Bay with Jordan Love, no, no. hell no. Sorry, uh, and I don't remember the contract situation for Kirk Cousins. It's got to be coming close to him being but I can't imagine that they would turn it over to Kellen Mond who's not been active but one week and that was because Sean, Sean Mannion was inactive because of COVID last week um he makes 35 million dollars next year yeah Kirk it's Cousins. because they gave him the same deal that yeah he they gave him the same deal that Washington gave Alex Smith before Alex Smith broke his leg in 17 spots and nearly died um but I think Justin Jefferson is a sneaky guy. I mean, he, he, it's hard to say Cooper Cup's not going to be. But even with, so you've got Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, right? And then you've got Thielen and Justin Jefferson. But even when Thielen's on the field, Justin Jefferson still outperforms him. So I think he's a sneaky guy, but I think Cup is probably the bona fide first one off the board, and it's pretty hard to say otherwise. Let's... Finish it off at tight end because you and I are definitely going to have different answers here. Um, who is the first tight end off the board, Matt? I, I want. I'll start with you. I think it's Travis Kelsey. I don't think there's any question. I'm not concerned about him being close to 30. He was a later bloomer, so there's less mileage on him than if he was like say Gronk at 30, um, who came in injured and then just stayed injured. Um, <laughs> And it's undeniable the target share he gets. When he's on the field, it's clearly Kelsey and Hill, and that's basically it. There's no other wideout that's coming in that's going to steal his uh, targets. Even when they had a solid wide receiver number two like Sammy Watkins, Kelsey was still dominating in targets. He gets red zone work. He gets. He's the only tight end in NFL history with six straight thousand-yard receiving seasons no other tight end in the history of the league has four 1000 yard seasons in their entire career let alone consecutive so mahomes is there for the rest of his career kelsey's under contract they have a better offensive line uh tyreek hill is under contract i'm going travis kelsey so i do think there is an overwhelming case for travis kelsey to obviously be the number one tight end off the board. I also think that there has become a strong case for Mark Andrews to be the first tight end off the board. Um, Let me put it this way. That's the only other reasonable option. I Yeah. I, I would say it's one or the one or the other. And last year we saw in a similar situation – we saw Darren Waller sky up the boards. He was taken in every second round. Obviously, that hasn't worked out due to injury. Um, Darren Waller was having a very quality year. He was going to be a top three tight end without a doubt, or a top five tight end without a doubt. Andrews has taken that to a whole nother level. He has done it with Lamar Jackson. He has done it with Tyler Huntley. He has done it with Josh Jackson. And he is balling with all of them. Nobody can guard the guy. 
In the last seven weeks, Matt, here are his tight end finishes. Tight end three, tight end five, tight end four, tight end 13, tight end two, tight end two, tight end one. I mean, the guy has been incredible. He is currently tight end one going into the final week of our of our fantasy season. Now, could Kelsey end up being the quote-unquote tight end one if he has a big week 18? Sure. I don't know if Travis Kelsey's going to need to play week 18 because the Chiefs seem like they're in the driver's seat right now. And the well, Ravens are also fighting. just clinched the AFC West, so they're right. guaranteed top four seed. So, um, you know, seem, seemingly Baltimore is going to be playing for their lives. I think Mark Andrews, who's younger, who has less – I know I agree that Travis Kelsey has doesn't have the wear and tear as like a normal 30-year-old Ted N. Wood, but Mark Andrews definitely doesn't because he's – not 30 yet either. So, um, now, I'm let, gonna, me, let me ask you this question though. Okay. Does the late season emergence of Rashad Bateman scare you a little bit? No, because, because it doesn't. Cause so I like Bateman. Um, oh, I like Bateman too. I'm not saying anything bad about, I'm just saying that's enough with Marquise Brown and Rashad Bateman, both getting a nice amount of targets. Bateman and the fact that they have no running game. I, so they I think they're going to, well, I mean, we'll, well, well, the running game, they do. The well, running okay. back. They and Jackson, well, right, well, like, we're going to have, we're going to see because they're going to get the horses back next year. They're going to get. Um, right. That's my only, that's my only thing with Andrews is that if they're running the ball more and don't have to, now they have to pass it a lot because their defense can't stop anybody. Right, that's my only. I'm, I'm with you that Mark Andrews is either is certainly going to be a top two guy off the board. That's my only hesitation with him, is that with Kelsey, it hasn't mattered what happens if they run the ball more, if their defense is terrible or their defense is good, he still gets the looks and the targets and the yards. I, I mean, like, I get the Bateman thing, but we also have to remember, Marquise Brown's having a career year. Yes. And the same at the same time Andrews is. So we know for a fact two guys can coexist in this passing offense, even if you don't think Lamar Jackson is an elite passer. Bateman's rapport, he had a, his best game with Huntley, and then he had another good game with Josh Johnson. Not Lamar Jackson. And I'm not saying that they can't build on that. Obviously, they're going to have an entire offseason to do so. Um, but let's find out, right? I, Andrews has been Lamar Jackson's guy for yep. much longer than Rashad Bateman, but obviously things can change. And we're talking, we're talking about splitting hairs. We're talking about one A one. We're talking about one A one B at the position. Um, but I just think it's funny. You know, I I knew you were going to go. One Kelsey. of us is going to be right with the tight end one call, right? One like, of us is going to be right, and one of us is going to be slightly wrong, like barely wrong. Because yeah, I'm going, not even sure there's going to be that big of a point difference between tight end one and tight end two. No, no. There's Regardless not. Then, of scoring format. And then George Kettle is going to win all, us all because he's actually going to stay healthy. Um, but uh, that does it, Matt. Thank you for joining me. Uh, shout out to you. Shout out to all your NFL knowledge. Not any because you don't know anything about NASCAR or anything else. Just NFL. Um, I'm just kidding, buddy. I, <laughs> I appreciate you joining me. Um, and I look forward to the next time we get to do this. Yeah, it should be fun. Uh, safe travels there, Dan Malin. He's on a flight at the moment as far as I'm aware. So hopefully 
all goes smoothly with the Trams. It definitely will, Dan. Uh, can't wait to have you back, buddy. And a uh, big shout out to FA Nation. Happy holidays to all of you guys out there. And, and happy, we'll catch new you. happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. And we'll catch you guys next week.